What is up, everyone? It is your boy, The Tank. It's Wednesday at noon, and I am here to talk to you about college and NFL football for the next hour on Weagle 91.1 FM. Let's not waste any time and get on with the show. What is going on, everyone? Welcome back to Tank Talk Football here on Weagle 91. 91.1 FM. My words are getting ahead of me. Uh, it is Thursday at 1. So, for the next hour, we are here to talk about some college and NFL football, as the intro said. Uh, waiting on Mr. Harrison Tarr to return from his pit stop. Uh, I do not know if he's back in the office just yet. Uh, I have a nice little game show that I plan on playing as soon as he gets here. It is uh, guessing the uh, NFL player by their nickname. And uh, hopefully. He doesn't get many of these, but just to boost some time along, we're going to talk about Demetrius Davis a little bit. There's been some people come out and say what teams are going to be looking forward to possibly adding him to the roster. Uh, according to someone on ESPN, I didn't catch the name whenever I uh, was reading over it, but a few teams that were listed were uh, Arizona State, uh, and if he plans on moving back home to Texas, get closer, uh, Houston and TCU have been teams that might uh, show some interest. Uh, before he committed to Auburn, of course, uh, he all was committed to the university, or Virginia Tech University, where he decommitted from VTech, committed to Auburn, to play for Gus Malzahn, who is another team on this list is UCF. Uh, and I think any of those teams would be a perfect fit for him. Arizona State is now down a quarterback because Jaden Daniels going to, uh, of course, LSU, who I did not list him on my list earlier, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, TCU, Houston are teams that could really go for a quarterback. Uh, UCF, I don't know if they're really in the quarterback debate. I think it's mostly just because, you know, why not have him just go with uh, go, go back to Gus? Uh but yeah, D. Davis, of course, if you missed it last week, he did transfer out from uh, from Auburn. He has entered his name into the transfer portal, and we should be hearing soon if there's any leeway as to where he will go. Uh, another thing that came up this morning, uh, Marshall, Old Dominion, and Southern Miss, their move to the Sun Belt has been finalized. Uh, there was some legal trouble that came up with the uh, CUSA trying to stop those three teams from leaving. But they were able to push through, and of course, uh, now they will compete in the Sun Belt this year alongside former FCS opponent uh, James Madison. So the Sun Belt now sits at 14 teams. CUSA is now at 11. So there should be some uh, schedule rearranging within the next uh, like month or so just to see what teams are going to be playing. You know, 11 is a weird number to have. Uh, for a season like this. Uh, I'm not too sure who's left in the CUSA because I know well, a lot of teams are going to be leaving soon after. I know uh, UAB is going to be moving to the American Conference, and I'm assuming at the start of the next season. And who are the other teams that left? I'm, I'm blanking on teams that have left. Uh, but UAB is a big one since they've had success since the – the return of their football program. And uh, I, the CUS, the Sun Belt as of right now, is going to be very uh, competitive alongside with Marshall. Southern Miss now joining it. Hopefully they can keep or redo their success in baseball. And, oh, there's Harrison. <laughs> Your mic is not live. Hey, buddy. Sorry I'm a little late. I was in a meeting. Oh, you're fine. Uh, so now that you're here, we can do my game show that I was wanting to do. Okay. I told everyone about it a little bit. It's, uh, you have to guess the NFL player, past or present, by their nickname. Oh, I'm so bad at this. Okay. All right, I'm going to give you an easy one first. Okay. Sweetness. Sweetness. This is not easy, man. What? What? Nah, man. Grew up watching college ball. Didn't grow up watching pro ball. Uh. Well, you didn't grow up watching this guy anyways. Feels like a... You want, you want a hint? Sure. Chicago Bears. Got to be a skill player now. Mm. You want to hit number two? Sure. Running back. Yeah, you got me, man. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to hate myself, but go ahead. Uh, hit number three is Hall of Famer. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. 85 Bears running back. 
Walter Payton. Walter Payton. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I hate myself sometimes. All right, the second one I thought was as funny. Muscle Hamster. Muscle Hamster? Muscle Hamster. Can I get a team name? Uh, so hint number one, Buccaneers. Hint number two, past or present? Uh, past, but not far as not not that far back. Muscle hamster past, like last five years past. Oh man! Played for the Bucks, running back. I don't even know who the running back was before <laughs> Fournette, man. Doug Martin. Oh man, yeah, I should have had Doug Martin. <laughs> yeah, I'm really good at this. All right, this one, Amish rifle. Present. Present? Mm hmm. Rifle leaves me to believe quarterback. Uh huh. Uh, how can I look up with a team without. Uh, he's, he's played on a lot of teams. It can't be. No. A lot of teams. So it's got to be a career backup, no? Uh, yes. Kind of. Kind of? Kind of. Joe Flacco. No. Played for a lot of teams. I'll give you I'll give you another hint. This is not his main nickname. Brock Osweiler. No. Ryan Fitzpatrick. No, that's okay. You see, no, uh uh-uh. uh. His nickname is Fitzmagic. Well, that's not what I found. That was my that was my immediate reaction when you said a bunch of teams. It's like, it has to be Fitzpatrick, but it's the Amish rifle. Yep. No, he's Fitzmagic. No, that that one uh, void. No. Does not that's count. Not, no, that's not. You just just cause you didn't get it. Uh snacks. Snacks. Snacks is this man's nickname. This feels like a DB. No. Offensive skill position? No. D tackle. Snacks. Played for the Giants. Played? Like past tense? Yes. Past tense. But like Doug Martin in like the past five years. Uh, uh, dude, what? Damon Harrison. <laughs> yeah, no, I would never got that one. All right. This one you better get T Sizzle. T-Sizzle? Yeah. Dude, I'm going to go Ofer. <laughs> you might. Can I get a team as a present? Uh, do you want his most popular team? Sure. He's passed. Uh, Ravens. T-Sizzle? Put on the Ravens. What? Linebacker. I mean, Ray Lewis. No. But is the only one that comes by. I mean. Terrell Suggs. Oh. <laughs> Dude, I'm telling you, nicknames are weird, man. Like, All right. Captain Comeback. Captain Comeback. Is this Past. Is, okay. Is this his primary nickname? Yes. Brett Favre. I don't know. No. It's got to be QB, right? Cowboys. No way it's Tony Romo. No. Further back. Oh, who played quarterback for the Cowboys for Tony Romo? What the heck? Uh, <laughs> what? Yeah, I grew up watching. Uh, that's when I got into Lord. pro football. Tony Tony Romo era. All right, this guy was before your time. <laughs> Hall of Famer. Roger Staubach. Yeah, that actually right. where my mind went, but <laughs> yep. I didn't, I wanted. To, I, I thought Pelicans was gonna say Roger Staubach. Got, got one more to save your save your skin here. The Kansas Comet. All right, I guess they played for the Chiefs. No. What is this nickname then? <laughs> He's from Kansas. <laughs> you play for K State or something? No. What? No. I don't think so. That's dumb. This is a dumb nickname then. <laughs> he played for the Bears. H back is what it was called back then. <laughs> this guy is older than dirt. Played for like the like pre eighty pre eighties Bears? Oh, he played yeah, pre eighties by a long shot. He's from Wichita, Kansas. What the heck, dude? I don't like this segment. <laughs> he did, oh, he did play for Kansas. He played for Kansas. Eventually? Yeah, in college. Uh, War number 40. That means nothing to me. Gail Sayers. Yeah, I don't even know who that guy is. What? No. You didn't even watch the movie? Dude, I'm going to be honest. I'm disappointed. College football is just so much better. Well, you're and not wrong, yes. I also, like, I mean, like, I grew up watching college ball. My dad wasn't into the pros unless their name was Brett Favre. And, and, and my dad's a Falcons fan, mind you. But still, he's obsessed with Brett Favre. And uh, so I watched a lot of Packers and a lot of Falcons games growing up. I didn't really get into history of football. Like, I'm not even so sure that I would get, like, Pittsburgh players' nicknames. It's Big Ben. I mean, that's, that's a gimme. <laughs> the Killer Bees. Yeah. Ben Brown and Bell. Uh, The one – I'm trying to remember one of the ones I looked up that I thought would be fun. 
that what was the one I told I told Jake one of them I can't remember what it was I took it off because I didn't know if he going to be on the show or not yeah this segment's hard <laughs> I had to find some more because this is fun it's I had not fun. I, I was I not had fun because I knew all of these I, I had a perfect record yeah I guess <laughs> imperfect record Oh, but before you joined the, before you were able to join the show, we talked about D. Davis a little bit on the rundown. I heard and, Marshall, and Marshall, so miss, and the other teams joining in the Sun Belt. <coughs> no Power Five. Old interest? Dominion. What? No Power Five interest. Oh no, they power. Oh, UCF, Houston, TCU, VTech, and Arizona State. That's right. All teams. I I would early project him to go to VT since he flipped there. Me too. But that was mostly Marshall, O Dominion, so Miss. Their move to the Sun Belt has been finalized, even though all the legal trouble came up. So they're going to be competing in the Sun Belt this, this year. This year. Awesome. That's good. It's good for the pro. Alongside of uh, James Madison. JMU, baby. Can't wait to have them in, division, in FBS. They, oh, they win the Sun Belt. <laughs> I mean, they're going to be really good immediately. They're going to be good, yes. So. Uh, but next, we're going to, since we have like four minutes, we can talk about Joey Gatewood a little bit. <laughs> Talks about one former Auburn quarterback at the start of the show. We talk about another former Auburn quarterback in Joey Gatewood, who transferred from Auburn to Kentucky, then transferred from Kentucky to UCF, then transferred from quarterback to wide receiver to play for Gus Malzahn. Malzahn may prove me wrong here, and I don't want to sound slanderous, but because I'm also not like anti Malzahn whatsoever. Uh, like I think he's a great person. I think that he UCF's a good fit for him. I think we all agree that. Yep. But. Joey Gatewood has successfully allowed one coach to dictate his entire collegiate career, and he was a four-star coming out of high school. Four-star athlete. Which is mind-boggling to me. Um, there are, I think, plenty of other places. I mean, I guess he tried Kentucky, but plenty of other places that someone could have used him, and the kid just keeps making, in my opinion, I mean, we do what's best for you. It's your own own life, own career, and obviously he's going to get a college degree, so it's not like he won't have an opportunity to, you know, it's not like he's not set up for success post-graduation, but uh, the kid's not seen playing time. And moving to wide receiver is just bizarre to me and further bolsters the fact that Malzahn's offensive genius maybe just is a thing of the past. Yeah, That's okay. just my opinion. Yeah, and I mean, once a quarterback changes positions, uh, co- college-wise, co- college not NFL-wise, because I know Khalil Tate's had success as a wide receiver for the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, but once a quarterback changes position in college, it's usually the end of their career. You don't really not gonna hear a lot about him. Uh, I know whenever to carry on Joiner switched wide receiver at South Carolina, you didn't really hear about him a lot. Same thing with Tate Martell switched to a wide receiver for a little bit Miami. And whenever that happened, you pretty much assumed that he was never gonna. I mean, he retired from football. Yeah. At the age of twenty-one. Uh, from former UNLV quarterback Tate Martell. But Joey Gatewood is pretty much just the Auburn equivalent <coughs> of Tate Martell. Uh, maybe. I, I don't know. That's a weird comparison. Not not the, not you know. saying that. It's just a weird scenario to compare to each other. It's um, I, I think There's no denying he's athletic. I just, I don't, maybe football wasn't it for him, man. Like, maybe this was just not meant to be. And he may ball out at UCF this year at wide receiver. He may be really good at route running, maybe – Physical, but the problem is he's been tailoring his body to play quarterback for the past four years. I'm trying to get a size comparison because I know he's 6'3, 206, 233 now. So, like I said, tailoring his body to be a quarterback. quarterback. And uh, that's just, just an interesting move in my mind. Uh, he's not quite big enough to be a, a tight end, and nowhere near big enough, actually. Are you sure? 6'5, 230? You said 6'5? I thought you said 6'3. Uh, that was his uh, recruiting one. So six five yeah. now. Yeah, six five two thirty three. Maybe play some tight end. I didn't teach right, my block. Right, put him at tight end. Uh, Interesting. Be a Logan Thomas esque type player. Sal Canella is shaking in his boots somewhere. <laughs> All right, with that, we're gonna go to a quick break. When we come back. We're gonna preview Auburn's biggest rival, Alabama, in their twenty twenty two season and Arkansas. <laughs> we'll be right back. Welcome back to the second block here on Tank. Oh, we're going to have one FM. This is Tank Talk Football, joined by Harrison Tarr again. <laughs> I'm back. <laughs> I want you to put the word out that we back up. We back up. Uh, so I'm going to start previewing each SEC team, uh, team by team, trying to go in depth as much as we possibly can. Uh, going to be doing two teams this week and then three the remainder of the semester because cool. I feel like I have just a, just enough amount of time to do this. Perfect. Starting off, we're going to start off with uh, going alphabetical order. By chance, I know it'd be too easy to just go Auburn right away, but we're gonna start off with Alabama Crimson Tide and the Arkansas Razorbacks. That would be UAT. 
for those of you who are wondering. <laughs> Dylan said Auburn's biggest in-state rival, I believe UAB and Jacksonville State and South Alabama would like a word. We play Alabama State more than we play either of those three teams you just named. Auburn does play Alabama State more than they play any of those other teams. <laughs> so rumor has it, Auburn and Alabama State, biggest in-state rivalry in uh, all of college athletics. People are saying. Yes. <laughs> but uh, I don't know if I want to start off with a depth chart, but I think we just go game by game in Bama's uh, season next year, and then we'll just determine if it's a win or a loss. Then we'll look into their depth chart according to what we know currently. I'm looking on our lads is where I'm looking at their depth chart. Right. Uh, but starting off with the full season, they're going to start off September 3rd against Utah State in Tuscaloosa. Yep, that's a, that's a fun win for Bama. Yeah, that's a big win for Bama. Then they travel to Austin, Texas to take on Sarkeesian and the Longhorns. <coughs> if you're trying to convince me that Saban's going to lose to two of his his disciples in three games, yeah, okay, next. <laughs> well, this is going to be a big game for uh, Texas because this is going to show. Super Bowl. It is a Super Bowl because this is going to determine if Quinn Ewers is as good of a quarterback as they think he is. I think he, I think I don't necessarily know that this one game can determine everything. Well, this is gonna be the biggest test of his career. I mean, it'll be a fun one for like a quarter. I mean, I I, I Alabama's too talented, too too loaded to not take down Texas, even though that game's in Austin. They're yeah. doing a home and home with them, right? I believe so. Yeah, that's cool. That's really cool. I that's like sick. that. Uh, and this is of course before Texas joins the SEC, and maybe at at the very latest, twenty twenty five. Yeah. Uh, but so we're in conjunction that Bama's starting off two and zero, right? Uh, ULM, that's a win. It is a win. Vanderbilt, that's, that's a, a massacre. <laughs> so four and zero going into <coughs> Fayetteville to take on the Arkansas Razorbacks. Uh, that'll be the most competitive game they'll have in their first five five games. No, yep. five games. Yeah, uh, they'll still win that game, but it'll be more competitive than what they've seen that to that point. Yeah, and this is after the year after Bama beat Arkansas last year, thirty five to twenty eight. Yeah. So it was a tough, tough, uh, tough win. And that was a T-Town. Yes, it was. So, interesting. And following Arkansas, they then go back to Tuscaloosa to take on the Aggies of Texas A&M. I don't want to sound redundant, but it, it won't happen two years in a row. It won't not. not in Brian Denny. Also, I don't, I'm not too as – as good of a coach I think Jimbo Fisher is, I just don't think he's as good as A&M fans think he is. Right. And I think that they caught Bama slipping. I don't think it was more of Texas A&M just completely just outplayed them in every aspect of the game. I think they just caught Bama slipping. This this was not the strongest Bama team we've we've seen ever. Right. They just or some they were just good enough. They were just better than everyone else enough <laughs> to make it back to the playoff, back, back to the championship. Right. But this that was just George's miracle year. Uh. So we're at six and zero. As they travel to Knoxville to take on the Tennessee Volunteers. In probably the most competitive game between Bama and Tennessee in, what, 15, 16 years? I want to say, yeah. I feel like they had a tough game somewhere in the Josh Dobb era. This is going to go ahead and I'm going to go ahead and say this. This is the last year of SEC on CBS. This will be the SEC-CBS game of the week. It doesn't matter who else is playing. Yes. Even though this could possibly be Auburn-Georgia, it will not matter. This will be the SEC game of the week. Uh, Tennessee is going to play host to Bama. They'll pull out all the stops. It'll look like they can compete for a quarter and a half, and then Bama will beat the breaks off of Tennessee. I, I don't think this game's that close. It's gonna it's probably going to look exactly as it did last year. Right. Where Tennessee was competing, but then they, you're just not as talented as the other team. Bama just can just flat out win just off of talent alone. Correct. And that's what happened last year. <clears throat> but like I say, Arkansas, A&M, Tennessee, back-to-back-to-back, that's a tough stretch. That is a tough stretch. That'd be a tough stretch for any other team. Correct. That's two losses for any other team, yeah, <laughs> at sure. least. Uh, then they travel back to Tuscaloosa for a homecoming where they're going to take on Mike Leach <laughs> and the Mississippi State Bulldogs. Alabama's going undefeated at home, man, my man. Yes, yeah, so they are. D- don't they always? Yeah. Except, yeah. When no. was the last time they lost at home? Was it Ole Miss 2015? Yes. Boom. That was actually a trivia question I got right on Weagle 91.1 FM's uh, compact discord last fall. Was the last, when was the last time? Was that the head of the Iron Bowl? Uh, when was the last time Alabama lost a game at home? And I was like, oh, I got to text. I got to text Jack Hart. I know the answer. <laughs> I, I would kill any college football trivia, I feel like. Uh, then they get a bye week before they travel to Baton Rouge to take on Brian Kelly in his first season with the LSU Tigers. Who will more than likely be on an, uh, on some form of suspension at that point or be on under heavy investigation. <laughs> no, no, that's a statement of fact. It's not anything to do with Brian Kelly. 
Oh, yeah, it's just it's LSU. is just LSU, LSU is right now. a dumpster fire at the moment, so give me the Tide by 20-plus. All right, and then they travel from Baton Rouge to Oxford to take on Lane Kiffin and the Ole Miss Rebels. This is the toughest game, away game, that I think uh, Alabama has to play, and I, this could be a one-possession ball game. Um, I like Bama to win this one, but uh, I think Ole Miss is going to pick up where they left off last year. I mean, adding Jackson Dart, even though you're losing – a generational talent in um, good night number two. I'm literally not on my game today. What uh, are you talking about? Uh, Ole Miss. Um, Macro? Macro, thank you. God, dude, I'm just not on my – I'm off my rocker today. <laughs> um, I can see the arm sleeve tattoos too. Like I, I can see this guy. I can see the eye black. I can see him getting hurt in the Sugar Bowl. i just just not there. Uh, Ole Miss reloading with Jackson Dart at the helm. Uh, it'll be a close ball game against Alabama. All right, so that's Bama at ten and zero right now. I think it's probably gonna be the closest game. Skip Austin P. That's eleven and zero. Yeah, we can just skip Austin P. Uh, then we have the Iron Bowl and Tuscaloosa. Correct. Hmm. I don't. Yeah. So twelve and zero for Bama. I've got Alabama winning that game by twenty plus. By the way. Like I, I mean, I you'll if I'm on next week when you talk about Auburn because they should be next week, right? Yep. Uh, if I'm on next week when you talk about Auburn, I'm going to make some people in Lee County, Alabama, really upset because this Auburn team's going to reek. They're going to be really bad. I think so. So I mean, I mean like bottom. They two, they could completely surprise me too. I mean, they could. Auburn is. I've been a fan long enough to where I know that this Auburn team is going to go 12 and 0. They're going to go 0 and 12. Yeah. And then maybe somewhere in between. Yeah, I mean anything's possible. You just never know with this team. But with Alabama, we are for sure that they're going to probably go twelve and zero again. Yeah, I I have every belief in my mind that they're going twelve and zero, and I believe they're going to win the SEC this year. So. I I would probably bet on fifteen and zero. At the very, I wouldn't bet on anything. But yeah, we we just, well we just don't know what other teams are going to. The look safe like. money would be on Bama going fifteen and zero. Well, I mean like, but you got to throw in when you get to the college football playoff, like Ohio State. I think we both are going to be really going to be going to be really good this year. At, well, I think Ohio State's going to be like two. So probably playing in the championship. I think Georgia's going to be really good this year. They don't have to meet until the SEC championship. They could be undefeated. They could still sneak into the playoff spot again. Uh, Clemson should be on a bounce back year. I think we could, we both think they could win the ACC. I think they could. I did pick Miami. So, but uh, I mean, yeah, but I mean, Clemson. There's there's a world of possibilities. But I like Alabama in the CFP as a lock. And shocking enough, we could have USC. Maybe. I think they're one year out. Uh, we'll have to see. Uh, but looking at Bama's depth chart a little bit, they did return. They did bring in three big transfers to help. Yeah, because team. they needed more help. Yeah, Jermaine Burton, Georgia wide receiver, Jameer Gibbs from Georgia Tech. Yeah, that kid's a stud. He's a stud, <laughs> and of course they brought in cornerback Eli Ricks from LSU. I think the most interesting of those three, and this is going to sound like a homer take here, but the the move of Jameer Gibbs to Alabama. Uh, Getting the having the opportunity to watch that kid play behind a crummy offensive line at Georgia Tech, what he does with the ball is special. He's a great receiving back, really good good footwork, good frame, and I mean Alabama's RBU. Yeah. So so this is not something you know crazy out outlandish for us to assume that he's going to be getting a lot of touches uh, for the Tide this year. I mean that running back room stacked again, and uh, you you just, you just look at what they return on the offensive side of the ball. I mean not on alone, I mean, the defense is. Uh, one one thing, Kool-Aid McKinstry is a true freshman. Absolute stud. Kid's a crazy good football player. Uh, it's not rebuilding, it's reloading. Exactly. They also return safety, Jordan Battle, uh, linebacker, Henry Toa Toa, and, of course, the return of Heisman snub, Will Anderson. I like how you left out Bryce Young. Nah, he's there, too. And Ja'Cory Brooks. Heisman winner. <laughs> Heisman winner, Ja'Cory. And he also has Ja'Cory Brooks. Uh, JoJo Earl. Uh, who's that tight end? There's no lack of talent on, uh, this, this, on, ta- on this Alabama team. This could be one of the best Bama rosters we've seen. This could like, be the most dominant team we've seen. This could be more dominant than 2019 uh, LSU. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> But I don't know, that 2020 Bama team was different, too. They were, but no one's going to give them. If you said to an NALC, if they're going to be up, like upset. Because yeah, this, this team could be 2019 LSU. I think so. I think 2020 Bama could beat LSU. I don't know about that. Yeah, it'd be close. Uh, but moving on, we're going to go to look in the Arkansas Razorback season real Ooh, quick. Ooh, pig. Suey. 
Razorbacks. Uh, they start off their season in Fayetteville versus the Cincinnati Bearcats. I know this is this is a tough one for you. This, I, this, this one I hurts. hate picking this game. <laughs> uh, I like Arkansas to win this game, though. I do like Arkansas to win this game because I feel like they are able to rekindle what they had last season more so than Cincinnati will be able to. Cincinnati's going to be more of a rebuilding year because they're down their quarterback, running back, uh, one of their best receivers, and a lot of their defensive talent, both their corners and Sauce Gardner and Kobe Bryant. So. Right. Sorry, I was looking ahead at the schedule. Yeah. So give me the Razorbacks off 1-0. Then they go against Shane Beamer in his second year with the Gamecocks. The only reason I'm taking Arkansas to win this game, not that I don't think they're talented enough to win it outright, but they're the they're playing playing host mm-hmm. and they'll have home field advantage. I like them to win in our Fayetteville. But if this game was in in Columbia, I'd, I'd probably take the Gamecocks. I think this is one of those things where home field advantage really pushes you over the edge. And a good storyline for this game is going to be KJ Jefferson versus Spencer Rattler. That's fun. In his first SEC versus uh, I think first SEC game period, first SEC opponent that he's played. Mm, yes, I believe you are correct. Oklahoma did not play an SEC team last year, so. And then we're just going to skip over Missouri State Bears. Yeah, um, so we've got them starting off 3-0. And then they go to Arlington, Texas to take on the Aggies in Jerry's World for their rivalry. That's a fun game. I love this game being played in Arlington. Uh, I like A&M to win this one. I'm going to oppose you here. I'm going to go Arkansas as a repeat. Okay. I, I feel more strongly about Arkansas being a, being good as I can about A&M. Because a- A&M always gets way too much hype than I think. Yeah, but the recruiting class is really, really good. It was good last year too. Yeah, I, I, I'm high on what they're doing in A&M. I think they'll be a really awesome ten-win team this year. Yeah. So I have them going at four, starting off four and zero. You have starting off three and one, and then we move on to Alabama. We already talked about this a little bit. So three and two, three and four, two. four and one. Then they go to Davis Wade to take on Leach and the Bulldogs. If I'm on for the Mississippi State segment, you guys are going to learn that I think Mississippi State's going to be very, very bad this year. Uh, yes. I like, I like Arkansas to just hand it to Mississippi State. I'll agree with that. And then this is another. This is a fun one too. At BYU. Yeah, I still like Arkansas to win this game. Yeah, <laughs> I can agree with that one. Then they get a bye week for Auburn. I mean, I have Arkansas being a Arkansas team. close. Yeah, I can Close. agree with that too. So let's see. I got him with two losses. You got him with three, right? No, wait. I got him with one. You got him with two still. I've got him losing to A&M and Alabama. I got him losing to Bama. And then taking on Liberty. Uh, that's going to be a win. I don't think Yeah, gonna that's over. a win. Without Malik Willis, that team's that's not What a dangerous. stretch of home games, bro. Yeah. Liberty, then they take on LSU. <laughs> uh, LSU is going to be Awful this year. Yeah. And uh, I think Arkansas is going to be very good this year. So uh, give me the hogs. All right. And then we got a fun one up next. A Arkansas. shootout. It's gonna, this, is gonna be a, this was a shootout last year. It's going to be a shootout this Put year. Put the defense to the wayside. <laughs> it's going to be Ole Miss and Arkansas. And I think Ole Miss just scores last and wins. That happened last year. That's going to happen this year. Different re- result this year. Give me, give me the hogs to be Ole Miss. A lot of it has to do with that. I mean, the – Folks in Fayetteville are hyped up to have a good, good football team. I bet. I and college football is more – those people are crazy when the Hogs are good. Oh, when Arkansas is good, college football is at its peak. Agreed. So I, I like Arkansas to win that one since they're home. If that was the Vought, then I would be different. But All right, And then the last game on their season is the battle line rivalry where they take on Missouri. Trap game. Yeah. Mega trap game for Arkansas. Trap game. Huge trap game for Arkansas. Uh, I like Arkansas to win it, but it's a trap game. Yeah. So let's see. We have them going both going ten and two. Ten and two, just different loss placement. Yeah, and this is very memorable of like an '08 Arkansas team <coughs> behind uh, the old run DMC days of Jeremy McFadden. Looking at this, uh, Ryan Mallett. Oh yeah, Ryan Mallett as well. Uh, this depth chart is not as talent driven as Bama's is, but. Arkansas returned a lot of good players, and they also brought in a lot of good ones with Jaden Hazelwood from Oklahoma transfer, who is a, I think, a five-star. Portal's not done yet. Yeah, Portal is not. We're just getting the heat of the Portal right now. Uh, returns, of course, quarterback KJ Jefferson, who we all expect to be one of the top quarterbacks in the top league. Quarterbacks in the SEC. Uh, o line, you already know Arkansas is going to have a good O line. They always have been. They always will, especially with an O line coach. Don't forget right. the Sam Pittman factor. Exactly. Uh, running back, they did lose uh, Traylon Smith. 
to, I think, TCU. Uh, but they returned Raheem. Which was weird. Sanders, yeah, I didn't understand why he would transfer out. Uh, but the Jaden Hazelwood is to make up for the loss of Traylon Burks. <coughs> so that's going to be the big thing here. Is can Hazelwood keep up what Burks has done for the past like, few seasons? Uh, defensively, uh, the big, the two biggest or three biggest losses were to John Ridgeway at D tackle, Grant Morgan at linebacker, and Monarch Brown at corner. Look for Bumper Pool to step up this year. Bumper Pool would step up. You also want more from. Uh, where is that? They're just a. D- they return. They they run a three safety. Look by the way, which is interesting. Very interesting. Uh, but they bring in four new defensive starters with Latavius Brini from a transfer, Dwight McLeathern for another transfer. This reloaded with transfers on defense and offense. Sam Pittman, man, Sam Pittman factor. Yeah. But yeah, and Kendall so, Bryles, and Kendall Bryles, of course. Great, uh, great OC. Uh, future head coach. If not, for sure. If not this year, next year. Next year. Uh, unless Sam Pittman is trying to keep around to be the next Arkansas coach. Coach in waiting? Possibly. But, yeah, so f- in, in conclusion, we have Bama going 12-0, and Arkansas going 10-2. and And we come back from this short break. We're going to rank our SEC starting quarterbacks. Okay. We'll be right back. We are back on the back half of Tank Talks Football. That was we a short were, little PSA there, man. Yeah, we were we were caught slipping there. So we're gonna start out we're gonna do this segment. We're gonna rank all of our starting quarterbacks, or at least what we know about the quarterback situations for every SEC school. Uh, starting off with fourteen, we're gonna have I think we already agreed our bottom three is the same. Yes. Uh, whoever wins the Vanderbilt job. Whether that be Mike Wright or Ken Seals. And uh, Mike Wright is the more dual threat of the two. Ken Seals is the, probably the better passer of the two. So it's really just pick your poison for Clark Lee. And Vanderbilt's a mess, so it doesn't matter. Yeah, Vanderbilt is nowhere close to uh, where they were seven years ago with James Franklin. This is a team that we pretty much expect is going to be the bottom of the SEC and probably will be for the next couple of years. Correct. They did bring in a good recruiting class at being at 35. That's pretty good for them. That's amazing for them. But uh, moving on from Vanderbilt, uh, thirteen we have just whoever wins the Missouri job. Which whether that whether that be Brady Cook uh, or uh, Sam Horn or Tyler Macon, uh, I think it's probably going to be Brady Cook. I'm trying to remember their quarterback name last year. I I it was Brady. Was it? Yeah, he played in uh, the Missouri. Oh, there was someone else. You're right. Brady played in the bowl game. Yeah, there was someone. Oh, it's bothering me. Talk about Missouri for a little bit while I find this. I mean, Missouri, like you like you mentioned, uh, they're in, or I guess like I mentioned, in an absolutely awful spot, except for the fact that their recruiting class was much better than a lot of us expected. Eli Drinkwich does not have this team headed in the direction I think a lot of people thought he would kind of immediately. Uh, Connor Basilak was their uh, quarterback, and he transferred yes. to Indiana, by the way. Yes, I remember him now. It just popped in my mind. Yeah, Connor Basilak was a quarterback I was very high on going into this season. I mean, that's why he transferred to Indiana. Yeah. Uh, he was, he had a lot of, he has a lot of poise in the pocket, but I just feel like the talent around him just is not where <coughs> he would excel at. And I don't know how well Indiana is going to be able to like compliment him with that. Missouri as the athletics department has really struggled with their whole SEC campaign across pretty much all their sports. So Yeah. I, I don't know what it was about those first two seasons for Missouri. They were able to win the East. Magical. And they were, I think they just caught everyone else on a down Downstream. I think they were very good when they came into the SEC. I just don't they, think that they, they were, were cut out but, for SEC longevity. Yeah. I'm like, A&M was built for it just because they're Texas school. I feel like Missouri just is not where we want – would we would all want them to be because we want the SEC to be as uh, competitive as possible. Correct. And moving on to our 12th spot. Block your ears if you're an Auburn fan listening to Week 91.1 FM. Yeah, we have whoever wins the Auburn job as 12. I mean, dog, Auburn's a dumpster fire. Um, yes. I mean, an absolute dumpster fire. It, it is It is awful to look at. It's hard to watch. It's hard to read. Uh, the offense did not look like it had any true identity last year. There's no continuity and staff positioning from year to year. You had the whole dumpster fire situation with Harson. In the offseason, back in, was that December? It feels like a year ago. December, January? Beginning of the year. It must have been right after the first of the year. It would have been, it would have been January. It was after the bowl game. After the bowl game. So, January. But it was, it's a mess. And whoever wins the Auburn quarterback job, I still put them at 12. 
Auburn's got a lot of quarterbacks to choose from. I don't particularly think any of them are very good, unless your name is Holden Jariner, who I believe we, I think we've all agreed is probably going to take a red shirt this year. Because why would you want to waste a year of eligibility on a season where you're probably going to win three games? Yep. And does Jariner win you the fourth game? And does the fourth game even matter? Uh, I don't. I don't want to sound like I'm. I, mean, I get it. They're kids. They're our age. They're younger than us. All of these guys are younger than us at this point. Tank. But that's a great thing to think about. <laughs> yeah, it's it's hard to wrap brain around. But between T.J. Finley and, and Zach Calzada and Robbie Ashford, does it really matter? No. That this these are the, some of the as a whole. I would almost give Auburn the worst quarterback. If 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 Missouri and Vanderbilt were not on here, people would just not. Oh, I still it. think Auburn probably finishes below Missouri in the SEC overall standings. I think yeah. I think Auburn probably finishes in thirteen out of fourteen teams. I feel like by the, by the end of the year, we could probably <coughs> switch Missouri and Auburn on this list. I that's entirely possible. And most of this could also because Missouri has a better receiving class than Auburn does. Also, if you're an Auburn fan, you got to be a little worried that Jariner might be a one and done in terms of entering the transfer portal. Could be. Chain Bigsby, uh, depending on how this year goes, draft. Or, or transfer portal. Transfer portal. This is certainly the last year of Tank Bixby at Auburn. More than likely, yes. All right, there's no way that it's not. He's going to be the especially primary. With, especially with us constantly recruiting running backs as well. It's, I mean, it, it's getting hard to watch at Auburn. And uh, the quarterback situation, that quarterback room is not a room. It is a dumpster <laughs> that has been doused in gasoline and struck with a match. Yes. Uh, just to keep it going, 11, I have Anthony Richardson from Florida. Came in at times, sparked sparked up the crowd a little bit, but overall, I am just not I'm just not thinking that he's better than any of these guys on my list. Yeah, you've got him a lot lower than I do. Uh, I've got Miles Brennan at LSU. He transferred. Who? Wait, no, he he retracted his name from transfer portal. Did he? Yes. Oh, it doesn't matter. Jane Daniels is there. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't. I don't know. think he's starting. The LSU situation is, yeah. It's a dumpster. Uh, I, I think Brennan's probably going to get the starting job because he missed the entire 2021 20, season due to injury uh, and benefit of the doubt and continuity within the program. If he starts at 11, uh, if not, I've got the Texas A&M situation. That's Haynes King, right? Uh, Max Johnson from LSU. Are we, to, are we sure he's going to start? I would put him over Haynes King. Okay, so I'd still put him at. The text I put the text in him situa- at, th- at this point the bottom five are really situations. Well, ten I have Seth Bennett. That's low. I I, he I have him above Will Levis. These these eight through ten are all I can switch any of them around to me, but I just I'm just not big on uh, game managers. All these guys I have above him I could put in George's uh, lineup and their offense would be leagues better. Interesting. Go on. Uh, at nine, I this is where I have Max Johnson, Texas A&M. I have him starting over Haynes King, uh, the lefty uh, son of Brad Johnson, Buccaneers Super Bowl winner in 2001, quarterback. Uh, he's not a special quarterback, but he's dual threat. He can make throws that he needs to, uh, and I think he's the best quarterback on A&M's roster. And so on. And so A&M's an interesting scenario because they're a good team with a question mark at quarterback. Uh, I've got Will Levis at number nine. I, he's just so middle of the road. Um, there's just not much left for me to desire there, if that makes sense. Like I, I think he was fine. There's stability and consistency, but I don't, I don't really see progression. We'll see a lot about Kentucky this year. I feel like uh, at eight. I have this where I have Jaden Daniels, LSU, transfer from Arizona State. I'm, I love his talent. He's a high talent level. It's all about can he keep it up from the Pac-12 to the SEC to me. I've got Anthony Richardson at uh, I got AR-15 at number eight, so that's where that's where I'm at. I'm just kind of like listing at this point because uh, I mean I, you're kind of giving the spiel. Yeah. You already talked about AR-15. Uh, he's not like it's a once a week thing at this point. Talk about him. Yeah, I mean yeah, it's a meme worthy kind of thing now. But uh, I've, I've got him at, at eight right now. All right, at seven I have Will Rogers from Mississippi State. Uh, gunslinger can he, he probably is the best, one of the best deep balls in the SEC. Uh, air raid, so he's going to throw for a lot of yards. But the fact uh, the matter is, he didn't throw a lot of interceptions to the amount of yards that he threw, or how many times he throws the ball. I've got Stetson Bennett at seven. 
Which means I mean I've got I've got Will Rogers at six. Yeah. So not a whole lot higher. At six is where I have Will Levis. Yeah, I, that's a choice. I think Levis is very underrated. I love how dual threat he is. He has a very clean release on the ball, and I think if they allow him to throw it more than and rely less on running backs as much as Kentucky has done over the past few years, he'd show how good of a quarterback he really is. I guess so. Uh, I don't know. Uh, eh. But so top five. I'm a, well. I'm assuming we have the same quarterbacks in the top five. I mean, we have to at this point. There were all the rest of them were eliminated. And I'm I would worry if we have the same top top five. Top five because at five I have Spencer Rattler. Uh, Spencer Rattler. Yeah, the Oklahoma uh, prodigy didn't work out for him. Transferred to Shane Beamer, and I think he's the perfect quarterback for Beamer in his second year at the helm. I'd agree, and I think it's cool that he's getting the opportunity to come play in the SEC, and I think this could be a good turnaround spot. I always find it funny that the two Oklahoma quarterbacks transferred to <laughs> USC's. Yeah. That is hilarious. Even the recruit who was on the roster transferred to USC. Wild. It's almost like people want to play for the coach. It's almost like that's how that works. And at four, I have the Ole Miss guy, Jackson, Jackson Dart. Jackson Dart, yeah, I've got Jackson Dart too. It is shocking to me that how many times I saw his name around eight, nine. Yeah, I'm other looking lists. at this. This list I've got in front of me right now has Jackson Dart at, at seven. That's ridiculous to me. This guy's talented than any other Pac-12 quarterback. He just got hurt, and he's going to a quarterback-friendly system. This guy is just Matt Corral, but younger. Yeah, no, I agree 100%. He's going to absolutely tear it up, and he should move up this list next year. Yes. At Actually, maybe may move up the list by the end of the year. So I'm guessing at three, we have the same top five. You left out four now? No, four is Jackson Dart. Oh, yeah, yeah, you're right, you're right. Three, I have Hendon Hooker. Ten- yes. Tennessee I have, guy. I also have Hendon Hooker, and our last two are in agreement, too, as well. Yeah, so, so Tennessee is by far <laughs> one of the – probably the fastest, like, raising uh, teams. I'm trying to figure out the way to word that. And in terms biggest of how, riser. Yeah, biggest riser in, t- in terms of how much hype they're getting, especially with Hendon Hooker, dual threat. He's fast as – Crap, too, for Virginia. They're going to be an epic eight or nine win team. They're going to be a fun eight or nine win team as well. Agreed. And so I guess two and one, we can pretty much just, we are talking about them a little bit. KJ Jefferson and Bryce Young at two and one. These are by far the two best quarterbacks in the SEC. Yeah. Oh, there's a gap between KJ Jefferson and Hinton Hooker. Without a doubt. And th- but there's a narrow gap between Bryce Young and KJ Jefferson. And I feel like both these quarterbacks could very well leave after the. Bryce Young it might be a set in stone that he's going to the draft next year. KJ Jefferson is a big question mark. Bryce Young is probably going to be a first-round pick next year. So. He might be the first pick, depending on yeah. what team gets that pick. But, yeah, that is our that is our top 14 Future SEC Pittsburgh Steeler, Bryce Young. <laughs> when we come back, we're going to talk about the NFL for the last block of this show. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the last block on Tank Talks Football, and we're going to point one FM. We are joined for the NFL segment by Mr. Jake Gonzalez over there. Did you turn up his volume? I did not turn up his volume. Try he, okay. he, said right, he, yeah. he said he was doing good. He was in class Yeah, I just got out of class, uh, hopped out of my uh, sports reporting class, which is a sophomore level class, and I'm taking as a senior, which is incredibly fun. Yeah, it's always a blast. It's all, just like L-Bar. Essentially, yeah. <laughs> it sort of feels like sometimes. Especially since you already work in a sports reporting. Yeah. Especially since I run a sports department. Yeah, it's <laughs> just wild. But we didn't have a lot of things to talk about for the NFL. Uh, just mainly uh, the Saints add another quarterback to their roster and Andy Dalton. He joins the likes of Jameis Winston and Ian Book and probably one of the funniest <coughs> uh, quarterback depth, depth charts in the NFL. Famous you, Jameis and the Red Rifle. I think you mean one of the most elite <laughs> Truly Definitely elite. most elite. Uh, and with this, uh, one Saints quarterback turns to tight end as his new position of choice in Taysom Hill. Get him off the roster, bro. They, it, the amount of penalty it would come up from cutting him would probably ruin their chances of, I don't know, signing someone else. They're, they're in almost as bad as cap like trouble as the Packers are. Someone would trade for They them. might be in worse cap trouble than the Packers because all of their cap is just in dead almost space in terms of the yeah. players that it's put in, like in Taysom Hill. I mean, Alvin Kamara. And Alvin Kamara thing. as well. And I don't even know. He's going to be gone. I feel like he's going to be suspended for like four or five games because the NFL doesn't know how to punish certain, certain uh, things. Yeah, certain offenses. Yeah, but God forbid the running back smokes a little weed. <laughs> Le'Veon, circa Le'Veon Bell 2018. <laughs> Uh, a new rule change has come to the NFL uh, over time. And the postseason, they're going to allow both teams a chance to score. So that's official? 
Yes. That's official as of yesterday. All right. That's elite. That's how it should be. That's how it always should have been. I don't know why there's so much trouble with overtime rules. I don't know why the NCAA ever changed their overtime rules. Like, just let them play an extra quarter, basically. Give them the opportunity to score. You know, teams need a chance. If you don't give them a chance, it's not fair. Also, can we just get rid of the tie? Yeah. This isn't soccer. Actually, no. I like the tie. I like the tie only because the Steelers find a way to get a tie every year. And it just hurts your soul. And they did it with the Detroit Lions this past year. That was sick, bro. That game was awesome. That's what I'm saying. Like sometimes the ties are elite. Like the I, the Chargers and the Raiders could have tied and both and, made the playoffs. Yeah, and bump, bumped Pittsburgh out of the playoffs, which would have been better for Pittsburgh. But um, I hate the tie. Yeah, the tie tie is not fun. As, as a Pittsburgh fan, I would have rather lost that game. It felt like a loss, anyways. As a partial Detroit Lions fan, I would rather y'all lost the game too. Yeah, I'm sure you're. Yeah. Uh, but as you someone can't, who you just, can't root against the Lions. As someone who just roots against every team that Harrison roots for, I would have loved to have seen them just lose the game. <laughs> that's fine. I would have rather lost too. So that's sick. Oh, we had a moving on from. How are your Panthers doing, by the way? Let's not talk about the Panthers. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's what I thought. Uh, that attacks me too. Yeah, good. Two for one. Well, I just, I just like the Lions, man. Come on. <laughs> mm-hmm. Go on. Uh, lastly, we had a <laughs> huge. Donald. Shut Mitch up. Trubisky. Shut up. Yeah, MVP. What do ben, you have? Ben Roethlisberger. <laughs> yeah. Two times All right. Well, we had a big headline come up out of nowhere last night, and Bruce Arians retiring, and the helm gets moved on to Todd Bowles. Yeah, what the heck was that about? I have no <laughs> idea. Bruce Arians finally got a Super Bowl ring and just dipped. The, the Bucks aren't in shambles. You can't say they're in shambles, but they are in like I the can't. weirdest spot in the world. It's, the offseason started off as Tom Brady retiring. Why would Bruce not have just retired then? I know, right? Like, okay, yeah, cool. Like, my quarterback's gone. I'm gone. Maybe uh, Tom what was if, like, you got to you gotta go if I'm going to play. What if the Bucks get a double on retirement? Not going to happen. Not they already – uh, Todd Bowles already inked his name on the contract. And then Gronk comes out of his unofficial retirement. He retires so he can unretire. The triple unretirement. The triple unretirement. And then they, all, they all sign with the Steelers and Tars head cannon. <laughs> No, I just think it'd be hilarious to have a, tr- a trifecta of unretirements. It it'd be it'd be something. I mean, I know that you Patriots fans, not Patriots fans, Panthers fans would be like excited for like a minute. Uh, I guess yeah. not. I mean, you know about Tom Brady now, but yep, yeah, that sucks. Oh well. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I I'm interested to see how Todd Bowles com- does as a head coach. <coughs> uh, yet again, after he was the Jets coach back in the day for a little bit. I'm Epic. I'm interested to see how he – because his name was thrown around for a lot of uh, head coach jobs. Let me just say this about the Jets. In my mind, Rex Ryan will, will always be the head coach of the Jets forever and always. Oh, yeah. I can I can never get rid of that, like, time where not only were those, like, Rex the Rex Ryan Jets extremely good, but they were also the worst team that you've ever seen in your life. It's, it was awesome. And in my mind, like, 50 years from now, my kids are going to ask me who the head coach of the Jets is, and I'm going to say Ryan. Rex Ryan. Rex Ryan, I, in, in, infinitely until he, and until, always. And, and I know he got fired, but then I'm going to tell him until he got, until he retired and rode off into the sunset, and they hired Adam Gaze, who was a mastermind. <laughs> Good lord, that That's, that hiring still blows my mind to this day. I, no, I'm glad it happened. We got the press conference memes. <laughs> Good lord, that dude's uh, eyes are terrifying. I will say one good thing about this whole thing is uh, this is the. F- Todd Bowles becomes the fourth black head coach in Buccaneers history, which is two more than any other That's sick. franchise. Love that. That's sick. And maybe one day Eric Biami will leave the Kansas City Chiefs and will become the head coach of the Carolina Panthers. Not going to happen. I pray every day for it. <laughs> that would be a good move for the Panthers, so probably not going to happen. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. It's not going to happen. Point there. The Panthers refuse to make a move that is smart, reasonable, and has a good impact hey, on Sam the Hey, Sam Donald looked like a f- – Thousand IQ play for like three weeks. It was five weeks. It was for five (laughs) weeks. He did lead the NFL in rushing yard, uh, rushing touchdowns. Yeah, for a good, good while. It's poggers. Yep. Uh, but with that, just in remembrance, twenty nine days until the NFL draft. Awesome. And I will be. I can't wait to watch the first pick and then like get sidetracked like watching something else. I'll be reworking my first round mock draft for that, and you catch that. That will be on my birthday. I can't wait to be prepping for uh, the NBA draft while all this is happening. I just I can't wait to be doing my draft. homework. <laughs> <laughs> Literally anything but watching the NFL draft. Can they just like you know? Can we just have like I don't know, like a concert during the NFL draft, and then like oh by the way, the pick is in. Now onto our next song. 
Haters. Get Pitbull to perform during the first round of the, the NFL, NFL draft. draft is I'll watch. Elite. Why Pitbull? <laughs> Mr. 305, Mr. Worldwide. The NFL draft is elite. I do not <laughs> like the It doesn't slander. matter where it is. He's Mr. Worldwide. If you can put it he anywhere. Is, yeah, this is slander towards the best draft. He is, he is Mr. Worldwide. This is slander. I don't watch the MLB draft. MLB the, draft is boring. Well, the MLB so draft. So the NFL had, draft. Yeah. No. But the MLB draft has like also like no like immediate impact on what happens to a team's franchise like the NFL does. Yeah, MLB draft is useless. NBA draft is boring. See, I'm not used to my team picks. picking before like 20, so I uh, don't really well, get it. Well, get used to it because this is your team. <laughs> hmm? Y'all pick at 18 or six, 16. Okay, six. So like two hours into the first round. Not two hours. It's, it's about so 10 long. hours. It's so long. Nah, y'all just hate it. Night one's like five hours long. And it's literally just Good. 32 I'll be there picks. for all five hours of it. That's awesome, bro. I will be doing literally anything else. I will be asleep, probably. <laughs> all right, with that, I'm going to end the show there after y'all do hate on the NFL draft for three minutes. Uh, it deserves more hate than three minutes of hate. Come back next week where we're going to talk about Auburn, Florida, and Georgia and give our predictions for them as uh, well. Yes, three and nine, four and eight, and 12 and oh. <laughs> We'll see you guys next week. Thanks for listening. If you missed any part of the show, make sure to catch the podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. I'll be back next Wednesday at noon on Weagle 91.1 FM. You can follow the station's Twitter and Instagram at Weagle underscore AU for events, announcements, and more. If you can't make it to a radio, you can listen to our live stream at WeagleFM.com. As for me, come back next Wednesday at noon for more Tank Talks football.